0: Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, a homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. I want to thank everyone for taking a listen to this podcast to see if it's of something of interest to you. I'd like to give a little bit of a plan for the podcast and then a little background about myself. I'm hoping to expose new people to homeschooling and alternative education ideas. So the first couple episodes will be just the basics of homeschooling and alternatives to institutional education, and just to give some seeds of ideas to those that are homeschool curious, and just trying to think of some alternatives if they're not having a great experience in school. And then I would like to delve a little deeper into some subjects that are for those that are experienced homeschoolers, as well as for those that are new to homeschooling such as homeschooling as a lifestyle choice, homeschooling on a budget, interviews with some homeschool students as well as homeschool parents and perhaps some notable people in the field, as well as a variety of other topics. I'd like to give you a little bit of my background just so you can see where I'm coming from and why I have some information that I can share with you on homeschooling as well as working within the schools. When my children were younger, I honestly had no intention of homeschooling or even any idea about homeschooling. I just assumed my kids would go to school and we would live happily ever after. When my oldest one, who's now 19, when he started school, I had all the expectations that any other parent would, they would go to school, they would learn to read and write, and he would go on for the next 12 years with a successful school experience. But shortly after he started kindergarten, I saw a few red flags. First of all, kindergarten is not what it used to be. It is not a time for play and exploration and learning to work with others. It's not any of those kinds of social and developmental skills at all. It's a lot more academic. They're learning to read, write, count, and those other skills are expected to be done at home or in preschool prior to getting to kindergarten. So one of the things we did a lot at home was we told stories and we were very creative and made things up as we went. And in school, this really was not encouraged. My son used to love to tell stories as far as make-believe stories. And I found out right away that his teacher did not care for that. And she told him that it was time to tell the, quote, truth when you got to be in school and not to tell the make-believe stories anymore this was really heartbreaking as a parent, because he loved that. And I could tell that that was really something that bothered him. But we encouraged him just to not share those stories at school and to continue on with those stories at home. The other thing that was the biggest red flag was the fact that he was supposed to be reading at a certain level on a certain schedule. And when I had a conference with the teacher, She said he was on schedule, he was reading and writing where he should be, and I said, that's great, but he's not reading. And she said, of course he is. And I said, no, he's an auditory learner, he memorizes a lot, but he's not reading on his own yet. I told her to cover up the pictures and to pick random sentences for him to read, and that would show her that he was not able to read those sentences, that he had been memorizing all the stories. So she went and did this and was very surprised to find that I was correct and that he indeed was not reading. He was not really able to sound out most of the words. Now, I was not worried about this. I was, at, I understood that he was a six-year-old boy. Sometimes reading came a little bit later. I was not concerned about this at all. But suddenly, when a student does not fit the Model of learning in a certain prescribed time frame, schools get a little freaked out and go into crisis mode. And suddenly he was supposed to be using flashcards and using a tutor and all these other kinds of interventions. And I was really confused by the urgency that I was hearing. So we finished out the year. He was not, quote, reading at grade level. But again, I wasn't worried, but the school was telling me he needed to go to summer school, he needed to have some special tutoring over the summer, and I said, thanks, but no thanks. And I really started to look at alternatives, because one of the things that was happening during this time frame was he was coming home and feeling some real low self-esteem kinds of issues. He was saying he wasn't as smart as the other kids, and that he felt dumb, and those kinds of negative uh, self comments were just devastating for a parent. So I knew that that was going to continue if he stayed in school, and I was not going to allow that to happen. So I started researching homeschool options in the area because I figured that was my my best choice. So I found a homeschool group that was a very uh, inclusive kind of open group that had a variety of ages, it had a variety of backgrounds, variety of beliefs, and I went to those meetings just to learn the basics and learn all I could about homeschooling, and they were fabulous. We started the fall with the school at home model because that's typically what happens when people are new, because it's so ingrained in our head what school should look like and what an education should look like. I started out at the dining room table with a pile of books and our pencil and paper, And we sat down and we would do lessons for a few hours a day. As you can guess, this lasted for just about three months, and we were both pretty bored and frustrated with that because it wasn't fun. And he may have been learning, but it was pretty much drudgery. So we started to interact more with the homeschool group, and we started going on more field trips. We started doing some co-op kinds of classes, lots of hands-on things, and it was fabulous. It was so great. It was such a different view of learning that I had ever been exposed to, and it was really exciting and very encouraging. One of the things that I saw in this group, because these kids were from preschool all the way up to high school, when we would go on these trips or when we would do these park days or these activities together, the older kids did not shun the younger kids. They did not bully them. They didn't cast them aside. They were super helpful with the younger kids. They might give the younger kids some jobs if they were working on a project. They would read to them if there was like instructions to be read. The younger kids looked up to the older ones and they interacted really very well. And it was wonderful to see that multi-age interaction in a way that kids really don't usually get to experience on a daily basis because they are in that same age peer group day after day, year after year. And they're just not exposed to this different kind of learning. So that was a huge benefit of homeschooling as well. Now, one of the things too during this time was that my husband was working super late hours, he wasn't getting home until 730 or eight at night. And if my kids were in school, they would have been on that school schedule had to go to bed at eight o'clock, get up early for for the school schedule and they would never have seen their dad. So since we had the luxury of setting our own schedule, we would stay up later at night, we would do dinner later in the evening, and then kids would get to spend time with dad from 8 until 9 30 or sometimes 10 o'clock. And one of the things that they often did was night walks. And this was something that was just kind of a tradition with them. Most nights of the week, they would go on this little walk around the block, and they would talk about whatever little kids wanted to talk about with dad, but they would also do learning because we had a lot of bats in the area. So they learned all about bats and echolocation and how much bugs they had to eat and all those kinds of things. And they learned about constellations and they learned about the slugs because we lived in the Pacific Northwest. So there was lots of slugs all over. They learned all kinds of just things like that that were in our area and that were of interest to them. And this was really when it became obvious that homeschooling is not just a model of education. Homeschooling becomes a lifestyle choice. It becomes a lifestyle philosophy. It's about learning throughout your day. It's learning throughout your family. It's learning throughout your community. And it never stops. It's not a nine to three kind of endeavor. Homeschooling and life Learning is just something that happens throughout your life when it needs to happen. And that is one thing that is really an evolution over your homeschool experience that I think is a really key thing. Now, at this point, we had three children, and my younger one was getting close to school age. And we had gone back to Iowa, back to the Midwest during this time. And he was a very structured, routine-minded kind of learner, very different from my older two. And he was really begging to go to school. He saw what we did. He came to all of our little field trips, and he did things with us. But he was a very structured learner and a very routine-minded kind of kid. And for whatever reason, in his head, he really craved the idea of school. He knew somehow that school was something that was more structured, and he really begged for that. Now obviously I really struggled with that since homeschooling was just such a part of our life but I also knew that each child was different and that each child had to do what was best for them. So I decided I would try this but on my own terms. So I went to the local school that was that was in our district and I said, "Hey, I really want to do a part-time kindergarten for my child. He's not really ready for full-time kindergarten, but he he's ready for school." And I'd like to do a part-time schedule, even though I know that's not what you offer. Can we work together? They said no. They didn't even discuss it. They didn't entertain the idea. They just said no. And on top of that, I have to say, he would have been on the bus for 55 minutes to get to school, which was totally unacceptable. I obviously would have driven him. But even the idea that kids are on the bus for that long is just horrid at any rate. So, I went to the next neighboring school that was just about as close, but in the neighboring district, and I went to them and I said the same thing. I said, I'd really like to send my son part time for kindergarten. Can you work with me? They said, Absolutely. You're the parent. You know your child best. We'd be happy to work with you, and your child can attend part time kindergarten. Ding, ding, I'm sold. That was the school we went to. They were very open to working with parents, they were very open to working with our schedule, and that was what we did. And he had a really great experience. He was right. He needed a more routine, structured environment that kind of told him what was next, because he really wasn't very good with transition if he was not ready for it. And so school was perfect for him because of how the model works at school. So he continued on through school through all these years. So this year he's in 6th grade. Um, we have since he started at that original school, we have moved to Southern California and he's been at a charter school for the last uh, almost 4 years and it only goes through 6th grade. And he's in 6th grade this year and they don't offer middle school. Therefore, he will be home next year. But I did give him the option. I gave him the option of going to the public middle school which is where some of the neighborhood kids go. It does have 1,500 students, which is huge. He likes a smaller school. When we started out with his school career, it was at a very small school in the Midwest. And even when the charter school was very small, like less than 300 students for the whole school. And so when he found out the middle school was that large, he said, no way. Because I really did want him to have a say since he was older in, you know, in where he would get his education. And he said, no. He was ready for homeschool. So that's what we're going to be working on in the near future. So obviously, I know a lot more about his learning style. So I'll know that he needs a lot more structure and to set those things in place for him. And I've been able to work with the school over the last few years on things like reducing the amount of homework, on how he learns best, what kinds of things he needs for Like for writing instruction, I knew that he needed a lot more graphic organizers or outlines. So I worked with the teacher on laying those kinds of things out. So I've been able to really help him be successful by working with the school or working with the teacher and engaging with them so that there's a good experience on both sides. I have four children and my youngest one is also homeschooling. So I will have all four home next year. My oldest one is now graduated from high school. He graduated from our homeschool last year, and he's in community college. For those people that wonder if homeschool kids can go to college, they absolutely can. And I'll talk more about high school years in other podcasts. But yes, they absolutely can go to college. He happened to go to community college, but they could certainly go straight into a four-year if that was something that they were interested in as well. So after 13 years... I've had a lot of different experiences with a lot of different styles of learners between my children as well as other children that we've worked with, and I've gotten a really good idea of what works and what doesn't work. So that's why I hope to help you through this podcast to give you some ideas, some resources, and some information on ideas that might help you help your child learn the best way possible. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast so that you'll know when the next episodes are released. And thank you so much for listening today and learning a little bit about who I am. And I hope in the future, I'll learn a little bit more about some of my listeners. You can find me on Facebook at the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. Until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.